Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognize their continuing connection to land, waters, and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours, a music podcast where we chat to a new guest each week, talk about their life and creative endeavors, and talk to them about some of the music they love. Our show works by chatting to our guests about music, but also getting them to make you a playlist of the songs they love. You can find a link to our playlist in the show notes. Welcome to episode 28. I'm your host, Simon Fink. Our guest today is Tori Forsyth. The Australian singer-songwriter has released her new single, All For You, and will be releasing her second full-length record in May. In today's episode, we talk about the blurred lines of music genres in 2021, recording with Shane Nicholson and her love of Hole and Nirvana. Here we go. Our guest today is an upcoming Australian singer-songwriter. She's previously been compared to acts like Angel Olsen and Lana Del Rey and has just released her fantastic new single, All For You. Please welcome to This Song Is Yours, Tori Forsyth. Hi, Tori. Hi, how are you going? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm great, thank you. That's good. Now, um, congratulations on the new single, All For You. It is out now, um, and I heard that originally you weren't a huge fan of the song. Yeah, so I wrote that song probably five years ago when I first originally started playing music. Um, I had the chorus kind of sitting around. It just didn't fit anywhere with any records and I didn't like it and but it kind of followed me. I had kept the chorus and rewrote the song probably three times and, um, yeah, I just gave it to my manager and she was really, really keen on that chorus and so I rewrote it again and uh, All For You was born. <laughs> um, what was the catalyst for the the original song five years ago? Um, to be quite honest, I, I don't remember. I think that I was I was writing a lot and I was writing a lot just for the sake of writing as writing exercises rather than um, just when I, now I kind of only write when I feel the need to write. Whereas back five years ago, I was writing just to like get better and, um, and writing a bunch of different genres. It's a quite a poppy song, which is not generally what I've ever done in my life. So, uh, that's why I've never felt like it fit anywhere. Um, but yeah, look, I, I don't remember the original, uh, reason behind it but I think it was probably came from an exercise of me just trying to write as much as I can yeah of course um when you do kind of and I know you said there was a bit of a push um from your manager but when you do revisit songs from years ago I guess what kind of um method do you go through to work out what kind of still works and what kind of doesn't this is actually the first time I've ever done anything like that. I'm really not a procrastinator with writing. I'm 
very much someone who likes to start and finish a song and then if I don't, then that doesn't exist anymore sort of thing. Like it's it gets forgotten. Um, so I've got lots of voice memos and plenty of journals with like half-written songs that I just don't remember anymore. Um, so that's like the first time I've ever had to or felt any need to go back to a song. Um, so there's no real, I guess, method-wise, I don't have one. What I did was just sit down with it and listen to it a few times and just kind of think, okay, well, what can this become? Like what, how, how can we make this better? What can I actually draw on to include in a song to make it A, relevant um, and B, something that I'm happy to sing and perform, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Do you think that, um, cause I imagine that the song has been recorded and kind of mixed and mastered for a little while now, having written it at one time period and then having sat and s- sat with the recording um, <laughs> for that period of time uh, now is, is I guess listening to it now, does it still sit the same way, if that makes sense? I think it sits a bit better now I, for some reason. I think that, I mean, like I said, it's not even ever done before and I was kind of nervous about uh, putting it out purely because I have, I do tend to do a lot of different things. I think I've kind of like my evolution is very like, oh, let's uh, dabble in this. That's just because I listen to a lot of music and I'm inspired by a lot of different music and um, I don't really like to have one particular like genre that is my thing. Like, I, I love metal and country and blues and I love everything um so to put this song a pop song out something that I listen to quite rarely but I do I do listen to it but not as much as I guess other genres um I was really nervous about it but I think now that it's out I feel like more at ease um with it and it kind of it makes sense to me now like why it's purpose, I guess, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, no, no, definitely, <laughs> it does. <laughs> um, you've been quoted as saying, uh, just touching on the different genres, been quoted as saying, I'll listen to heavy metal in the morning and blues and country and folk, uh, sorry, and roots at night. In 2021, how important do you think it is to have like a, a varied taste in, in different genres? I think every single artist ever, no matter what you do, I think should be, uh, have a really wide scope of, of what they kind of consume um, as an artist. I think that, you know, painters, obviously, you know, whatever you're into, they're going to look into modern and they're going to look into everything. I think the same kind of, it, it should be the same with music because the more that you expand your like what you know and and it's interesting kind of diving deep into different genres and how that like the history came about and how different they are but they're not that different um it's just different sounds and they evoke different emotions I think which is what I find super interesting um I don't know for me personally I do put a lot of my time into like lately I've been listening to like Celtic metal. Um, so look, 
I do put a lot of time into trying to like diversify what I listen to and the amount of things that you pick up and the different like instruments that they use and the different ways that they can form melodies in different parts of the world. It's really interesting. And I think that that is such a crucial element for songwriting and and melody writing and, and just becoming better. I think the more that you know, you can never learn everything, but it pays to try and like consume as much as you possibly can rather than going, okay, well, this is where I sit within my art and that's it. And uh, you can only really go one way if you're, if you're thinking that way. That's very true. Very true. When you are looking to diversify, uh, how do you kind of, like, I'm curious in this instance, how did you come across Celtic metal as like a, an option to to diversify (laughs) with? My partner actually sent me a band. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's like, no, it's Nordic. It's Nordic metal. uh, I think the official name for it, but my partner got me into that. He's very diverse and he's listening as well. So that helps. Um, He's not a musician. He just loves like very, um, as far as finding other music, I think, just looking like going on to I do use Spotify a lot for looking at different like also listening to or uh, that common part in yeah. it um, and just listening to playlists during the day I listen to music pretty much all day so I'll just put something on if I like it I'll just hit the little like button and then go back to it but yeah I'll just chuck on a random playlist usually and things will come up that I enjoy and then they kind of take you down d- different little avenues and then you're like, oh, that's cool. And then you listen to, you know, common artists around that and then you're like, oh, that's cool. So I don't know, it's just very fluid, but yeah. Like a never ending wormhole almost. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the single is uh, in anticipation of your second record, which is coming out in May. How long, I guess, from the process of, of the first record, to now, how long have you kind of been working on these songs and, and working up to the, the second record? Well, this record was done pre-COVID. So obviously there was hesitation to kind of put anything out during pandemic and I am glad I waited because I feel like I can focus a little bit more on it rather than, you know, in that panicked worldly say we're all in this time last year um but yeah so this has been particularly long process for that reason but as far as writing for the record I started writing for it fairly quickly after I released Dawn of the Dark um and I had already at the time of the Dawn of the Dark release I had already started kind of expanding my um musical taste quite substantially um so it was very natural to start writing in that way as well but yeah it's kind of just like all for you was recorded last year um but the rest of it was recorded before yeah the pandemic um Um, the record's name and I do apologize in advance because I know I'm going to get this wrong. Uh, Prolip, sorry, Provlipsi. 
Is that close? Problepsis. Oh. So close. Problepsis. I, I, I tried to do my research and that's that's what I got, so I apologise. Um, uh, <laughs> okay. it, it does uh, translate to predictions in Greek. Do you think that uh, any of the songs that are currently on the record, and as you said, you've now had time to sit with them almost for a year, uh, has, I don't know, we discussed all of you, but for the rest of the record, has, has those songs and their context kind of changed um, with being able to sit, sit with the record? Yeah, and that's kind of where the record name came from. Um, I, at the time I'd written this record, obviously, the time I was writing for it, but when we were recording it, I kind of didn't really know why I was writing what I was writing and I was just letting it happen and it is what it is sort of thing and um which is strange for me as someone who writes purely from personal experience but hindsight Mother's Day is around the corner find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile from timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones Blue Nile has something she'll adore Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. It just hadn't happened yet. And I think that um, it's the, the reason for the name is just because I think our intuition is incredibly strong and it, sometimes we just don't listen to it as much as we probably should. Um, but, that's, yeah, that's kind of very, very relevant now, which is a very strange thing to kind of um, – think about because usually you know you write a record and after it you know by the time it's recorded and uh you know the whole thing gets out of the world it's like well that was that was a while ago wasn't it sort of thing like, <laughs> it feels very relevant to the last six months of my life and um yeah it's it's a very bizarre thing but yeah do you um find like a there's quite a spiritual element to your music in terms of, um, of of your lyric writing? I think that I do draw on a lot of, uh, I guess, spiritual, like, concepts, I guess, and try to infuse it into my writing because I am a fairly spiritual person and it's not something that I have been very open about for this last probably a year, but I am incredibly spiritual and I do, um, I do love that, you know, spirit soul connection. And I do think that I, I do try to infuse a lot of those things into my music because it's, yeah, it's part of me. And it's just like that extra extension of 
main song. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, the single and the record you worked with Shane Nicholson, who's a brilliant artist in, in his own uh, own right. Um, how did that kind of meeting or collaboration come about? I met Shane very early on of my career, um, when it wasn't a career at all. I met Shane in 2015 um, through a Trent Crawford who produced my very first EP and Shane engineered that EP. So I met him that way. And from then, I kind of built a relationship with Shane. Um, and he came on to do Dawn of the Dark and then now Problepsis. And I think that he's very similar in the way that he approaches music. Um, he loves all sorts of different music. Um, and I really... I love that because I can go to him with any band and he'll probably A, know it and B, give me another band that I'll probably like a similar sort of thing. <laughs> so his knowledge for music is pretty phenomenal and uh, when I go into the studio, I can trust that he's going to get what I'm going for with my record. Um, do you find with having a producer who is so, I guess, like uh, knowledgeable in terms of all these different kinds of music, do you find that that does uh, mesh well with yourself or is it a thing where sometimes you almost, you don't want that influence or knowledge of, of other acts or whatever it may be to influence the music? For me, I think it really works um, because we do have a lot in common as far as bands and what we're into. Um, he's shown me a lot of the bands that I'm into. So um, I find it to be very, like, useful. I think I can understand people who might not, but for me personally, I do want to try and cram as much into a record as I possibly can without it sounding odd, you know? Like, <laughs> that's my... <laughs> That's like what I'm into and um, because I, like I said, I listen to so much different music and I want what I listen to and my music to be a representation of like what I love, um, which is obviously why we all do music in the first place. But um, yeah, I find it very useful. Yeah. No, that's very cool. I believe that you were lucky enough, maybe one or two like false starts, but you were lucky enough to be able to play some shows at the end of last year or the start of this year. How did they go in terms of obviously having a whole year off of, of not playing uh, and then coming back? Yeah, it was bizarre. I was I had four shows uh, and two were cancelled. Um, so we did two. And one wasn't a show, it was like, song thing so it was kind of we did one show yeah. <laughs> basically <laughs> last November it was great like to play again was you just put it's like we all were just so stoked to be there that the energy was just like optimum you know and I think that the appreciation of gigs I, I always love playing with my band like that's that's what I love about music that energy and when you're all on the same like wavelength that is there is honestly no feeling quite like it and it's hard to even articulate but to have us all there you know playing again was amazing and to have people show up obviously even better despite you know the seating arrangements and all that kind of thing um 
but yeah, it was fun. We did a pretty good job, I reckon. We weren't <laughs> nervous or anything like that. Always helps, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were just happy to be there and, you know, look forward to being able to play again, um, hopefully some shows around the record. So, yeah, it's um, I have missed it a lot. <laughs> I was going to say, do we have some uh, shows planned for around the record in, in a few months' time? Definitely in the works, yes. Beautiful. That sounds very good. <laughs> um, Tori, would you be happy to talk about the playlist that you made for us? Yes, I would. Now, when I first listened to All For You, there was, um, I think it might have even been like maybe a little bit of like the guitar layering like in the bridge or in the in the verses that almost had like a little bit of a, a Fleetwood Mac vibe to them. Um, and you've opened the playlist with Rhiannon by Fleetwood Mac. What is it about this song that, that you love? It's one of the first songs that I kind of fell in love with for every part of it. Um, I I sent you the recorded version, but the first version I actually ever heard of Rhiannon was the 97, um, the dance version where it's just piano and they've got the marching band. Um, there's no marching band on Rhiannon, but they've got the marching band and that concert is like the most epic thing I've still ever seen in my life. It's just so flawless. But I grew up with that being a DVD that was just always on. Um, my mum played it to death and <laughs> I fell in love with that version of Rhiannon and then I didn't know, like as a kid, I didn't actually know that there was another version of Rhiannon. <laughs> so when I heard the recorded version, I was like, oh, wow, this is like, this is fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? So um, it has a really special place in my life that song is something that I can always put on and feel comforted by and I even play it to just to myself sometimes and it's just that like instant like how much do you think of your um your musical taste has been influenced by your parents heaps my parents have always listened to a lot of different music um and I think that's why I probably like a lot of different music as well yeah of course. Uh, you released the song Courtney Love uh, last year and the playlist includes songs from both Nirvana and Hole. Were you always a big fan of grunge or was it something that you came to a little bit later? I was definitely a massive Nirvana fan in high school. Um, I don't really succeeded, um, you know, never mind. <laughs> but as about... A couple of years ago, I had a surgery and I kind of, I don't know, I really don't know how it came about. Um, I think it was like, and I just kind of fell down in Nirvana interviews rabbit hole on YouTube and started listening to them again. And then I wanted to learn how to play bar chords. So I literally had all this time on my hands, obviously, and just put on Nirvana records and started learning how to play bar chords and teaching myself. And that's how I pretty much got into them again and then just got a little obsessed, just like a little <laughs> bit obsessed. <laughs> Did you see the, oh, my God, I'm going to forget it. Uh, what was the, the documentary, the Nirvana documentary? 
Um, I've seen a couple. Um, There's the uh, soaked in bleach one or there's the one that Francis helps curate, which is the cartoon one. Um, I think that's the one I'm thinking of. It's interspliced with like cartoon, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have, have seen. <laughs> <laughs> um, the playlist also includes some great uh, Americana or folky kind of acts like Rustin Kelly and, and Civil Wars, and obviously there's there's a country tinge or flavour to some of some of your music. For yourself, do you think that? Because um, obviously every music genre kind of has its purpose, but would you agree that? And and please debate me if not. Um, that country or folk do have a I guess a stronger storytelling ability than maybe other genres of music. Yeah. Um, I definitely agree with you. I think that country and folk, um, I mean, they were birthed on the idea of telling a story and that's kind of the core of what that, you know, those genres are about, um, which is why I love them because, you know, you hear, you hear records like, that Russ and Kelly record and the civil wars, I mean, they got me into a lot of, you know, I fell in with mandolin listening to the civil wars. So, and the ability to story tell while it sounds almost like a dream space, um, while you're listening to it. I, yeah. I love that. And I think, yeah, I completely agree. <laughs> Was there any other track um, that you would like to highlight or talk about from the playlist that we haven't covered? I put some PJ Harvey on there, didn't I? There was some PJ Harvey, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She, I listened to a lot of PJ whilst writing this record um, and a lot of Audio Slave and Soundgarden, but I didn't put Soundgarden because I thought, eh, you know, one Chris Cornell. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, a lot of... Lots of PJ across the board. There's no particular record that even I would put above the other. I think she's just such, she's a real pioneer for that whole, this is the music that I've made, so here it is sort of thing and isn't afraid to also bend the genre um, spectrum either. Definitely. There's almost, um, correct me if I'm wrong, is there almost a little bit of like an homage from the album cover for your new record to a similar album cover of hers? Uh, yeah. yeah. I think, <laughs> you know, it, what's funny is that was not intentional, but it's, the minute I saw it, I was like, ah, that's a PJ Harvey record cover. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to tell everyone that I ripped it off. That's fine. Like. <laughs> not even like a, a, a rip off. I think it was more, I received the playlist and was going through all, all the prep for today. And then, just seeing the name PJ Harvey and seeing the album cover, I think it was just almost like they uh, they complement one another. So not a rip off. I think they work well oh, with good. one another. Yeah. Thank you. Thank <laughs> no, you. All, all good. All good. Um, Tori, thank you very much for your time. I do appreciate it today. No worries. Thank you so much for having me. And that's our show. A massive thank you to Tori Forsyth. All For You is out now on all streaming platforms. We've left links in the show notes if you want to listen to the track or pre-order the forthcoming record, Problepsis. We also want to give a huge shout out to Marie at Island Records Australia for helping out with today's interview. You can find a link to our Spotify playlist in the show notes where you'll be able to listen to all of Tori's picks. If you like this show, please subscribe wherever you get your pods and stay up to date when new episodes are released. 
We release new shows each Thursday and Friday morning with guest playlists streaming on Spotify at the same time. You can follow the playlist profile on Spotify and you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok. Until next week, cheers. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.